heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 27. That's right, 27 of the YWC Football Talk podcast, guys. Um, Unfortunately, for the first time in a long time, the guest streak has come to an end. It is just me riding solo. I know last time I teased you, I teased you. I am such a fucking tease. I teased you that a guest is coming on. Look, there was just not miscommunication. It was just scheduling conflicts came up. It's life. Things come up. You know it is what it is. But look, you got me. I'm here to talk football. It's right now Thursday night around 8.45 p.m., uh... The, jo- the Dolphins are currently leading the Jaguars. Um, and also, too, if you guys didn't know this, and also, okay, Fitzpatrick's actually having a pretty good day. He's right now 6-for-6 six six with 68 yards and a touchdown to Williams. And the Jaguars haven't done much on, um, like, yeah, 101 yards to 30. Like, guys, I can't make this up. The other thing I wanted to add with this game, there's one other thing. Like, going into this game tonight, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, Fitzpatrick's on the move. Okay, he's moving, he's moving, Woo! And Fitz gets the first down for the Miami Dolphins. Shout out Big Rat 310. Um, but no, with this game, like it's honestly one of those games you look at and you're like, am I going to watch that? And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm a football guy. I love this game. And you know what? I'm trying to watch as many games as I can this year just so I can get the best analysts for you analysts or the best results and predictions for you guys so I'm not just talking and blowing smoke up my own ass. I literally want to have the best knowledge. So that's why I'm watching games like this. Or on a normal night, I'd be like, you know what, I don't care about this game. Like, even next week's two is the Jets and the Broncos, and it's like, ugh, look at that. You're like, oh, that is ugly. Okay, look, oh, and, oh, a little pitch toss. Okay, Jacksonville's defense looking silly right now. Oh, my God. Whew. Miami. This Miami team, damn, they're looking good tonight. I, before I say anything else, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to be honest. So, not vent with me, but... Um, not in defense. What's the word I'm looking for? Be with me. Breathe with me. I did pick the Jacksonville Jaguars to win tonight. I thought, you know what? Minshew looked good against in the win against Indianapolis. Tennessee, even though they lost, they still did look pretty good. They did. They looked solid. Like, yeah, nothing wrong with that, as I actually enjoy a cold beverage. Also, 17-4 in his plays right now. As Fitz goes for the first down. Fitzpatrick with the handoff to, uh, oh, no, he throws it. Oh, and it is a... Pass interference call, and it should be Devontae Parker touchdown. Whew. I actually have my mic set up right now. Like, if I could take a picture for you guys, I would show you, but I don't. I'm not going to. My phone's dead right now. It's literally just plugged into my computer charging as I am just adjusting this mic. I am adjusting it. Who's on number 23? I think that's Henderson from Florida, the uh, cornerback that they drafted the ninth overall pick. As a, uh, yeah, it's Henderson. That's an H. Yeah, Parker. Yeah, I know he's holding Parker's left hand. I know I'm talking like this, but you know what, guys? The game is on live right now, so I'm going to try to give you the best details, even though this podcast is going to be... By the time this is up, this game will be long over. I thought I actually thought about going live on YouTube tonight, but I didn't. But I did honestly pick Jacksonville to win this game, because I was like, you know what? Miami does look good against New England and against Buffalo, as Jordan Howard runs it in for the touchdown. Fucking the... Actually, no, he's... Nah, that's a touchdown. That's a touchdown. There we go. Jordan Howard with the touchdown. As the Dolphins now are up thirteen to nothing, um, I was gonna I picked Jacksonville just because I'm like you know like I said they looked good and Miami they lost but like they said they lost they're still a work in progress and like Big Rat has been preaching on this podcast for the last few months don't be shocked if the Miami Dolphins do take like a, a step backwards like they go back in time like you know what I'm gonna fix my setup right now why because like I said I have a cold beverage with me um. Yes, I do. I'm actually going to fix my mic right now. So basically, you can still hear me. And I literally kicked my feet up. Because right now how I do it, I changed it from the office set, like my normal office setup, to where I have the TV so I can like watch the football games as I record. Um, because, like I said, doing this for you guys. Like I, This is the reason why I do the podcast. It's for you guys. It's straight up. Episode 27. And also, too, before I get into anything else, I do have to say... 
Condolences again go out well again to to a James White. We love you, buddy, um, and we support you on the podcast. And also to Gale Sayers, one of the best running backs of all time. To think that he played six years in the NFL and he is a Hall of Famer. You know how hard it is to make it and like be that consistently good for that long. Like not that long, but like when I say six years, like that's not a short. That's a short NFL career. That's a very short career, no matter the sport. But the fact that he played for six seasons and he's in the Hall of Fame, and also too, he did have a six-touchdown game once. You get a six-touchdown game today, I don't care who you are, that you're winning your week at fantasy football. Um, so yeah, just thoughts and prayers up to the Sayers family. We did lose a true legend of the game yesterday at the age of 77. Um, but no, just with Miami-Jacksonville, it's like, you don't really know where both these teams are. Like Miami, we obviously know, not a step back, but they're still in the rebuild. Jacksonville too. We don't really know where they are because, like, if you look at the roster from two years ago when they almost went to the Super Bowl, basically everyone's gone now. Um, and then you have other, and then like two with Jacksonville. There's the whole rumors. Oh, they're tanking. They're going for. Uh, they're going like Minshew's just there for whatever. They're going to get Trevor Lawrence. Now they're coming back to reality and they're slowly looking like that team. So honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. Um, but guys, let's get into some games. Um, First game I want to talk about, um, I'm just going to be spitballing games until my phone's back up so I can like look at them accurately, but is the Los Angeles Rams going to Buffalo to take on the Bills? I posted these on TikTok, and I actually I do apologize if you do follow me on TikTok, at MainMarkMurph. I post my predictions there every Wednesday, and then I duet the video on Tuesday so you get my full results to see what I thought, who was going to win and lose, and what my record is. I'm actually 23-9 and nine right now, which is a pretty good record. I was 11-5 and five week one, 12-4 last week. Um... But I didn't forget to play the Bears and the Falcons, so I'll do that second. But the reason why I want to talk Rams-Bills so urgently is because I actually had someone comment saying, oh, why did you not pick the Bills to win? And remember when Big Rat was telling me he's not a Josh Allen fan, he's not sold on Josh Allen? I'm not sold on him because, look, when your first two games are the fucking New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins... It's like last year with Tom Brady. Remember everyone was saying, oh, Brady's good. He's looking great. 8-0. And then we went into Baltimore on that Sunday night, week 9. We got our asses handed to us. Like Lamar Jackson just ran a rough shot. Now I'm not saying Jared Goff is Lamar Jackson. But this is the best defense they've played. This is the best overall team they've played. If you look at their schedule coming up, they've got the Rams, the Raiders, the Titans and the Chiefs. That's a very tough four-game stretch. So I think in this four-game stretch, we're going to see, and to quote Dennis Green, actually, you know what? Since my phone is back up and... Actually, no, it's no, it's not. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play a legendary clip. A very legendary clip. Why? Because this clip involves a man, an NFL head coach. And as I go on the fly here, guys... Because uh, I just I just have to I just have to. All right, cool. So as I vent and the video loads because stupid YouTube ads, um, I'm just gonna play the clip basically because in the next few weeks I think this is how we what we're gonna find out about this Buffalo Bills team. That's all. I know it sounds like oh there's like dead airspace right now yada yada I'm gonna go as Jacksonville now is the ball on. Uh... But here we go. Takes a third game in a preseason, like it's bull, bull quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off. The- and we let them off the hook. That is what I think about the Buffalo Bills coming up. Look, it's either going to be they are who we thought they were, or. They're going to impress us. I don't think there's any middle ground with this team solely for the fact that, look, a lot of people are going, oh, look, Stephon Diggs, the defense is young, but it's getting better. They got Singletary. They got Moss in the draft. The O-line's looking good. Um, They have good tight end play with Knox. But look, when your first two games, like I said, are the Jets and the Dolphins, let's pump the brakes a little bit and determine where this football team is actually going to be. Because if they go out there Sunday and they get their asses handed to them, or Josh Allen is on his ass for a lot of the game, we're going to be coming here Monday and saying the same shit we were saying about fucking Drew Brees on Tuesday, 
where it's like, oh, I don't know what's going on, yada, yada, yada. Which I will get into Drew in a bit because I have a lot to say about that. But the fact, too, this is going to be overreactions because right now everyone's picturing Buffalo AFC East winners when literally I think there's another team who's going to win the AFC East. And honestly, too, I'll get into that in a minute. And as to he takes off, I should have taken a look at this. I picked up, because uh, Shark uh, is not playing tonight, I should have taken Chenault. I picked up Mike Williams instead. I'm in a lot of fantasy leagues. That's a regret of mine. Um, but, yeah, that's the thing. Um, my phone's still not up and running, and so I don't have the spreads right now because this like thing's taking forever to charge. So, you know what I got to do? I'm just going to say scores. I'm going to say right now that the... Um, I'm going to say the Rams win. I'm sticking with the Rams winning. I'm not changing my opinion for no one or nothing. The Los Angeles Rams are going to beat the Buffalo Bills 24-17. to I think what's going to happen is the Rams are going to... It's going to be like Sunday, tit for tat, like Patriots, Seahawks. Both teams go tit for tat as Minshew with the run. Whoo! Nice little slide down to the 25 there. That could be a late hit on Miami. Um... But I do think with uh, this game on Sunday, it's going to be like 24-17 to 17 where you have the um, the Bills pr- pushing downfield late in the game, and then it's just one of those too little, too late, to quote uh, JoJo, um, the one of a really good pop song from the early 2000s. So I think it's going to be too little, too late, or Allen's going to throw a pick like Jalen Ramsey or something. And that's the other thing, too. Like, for oh, for everything Josh Allen, Josh Allen, it's like, yo, he's got to go, not just Aaron Donald, like, he's got to face Michael Brockers, Jalen, like, Jalen Ramsey, I know the Bills after Davius White and all, but look, you got all these good defenders in the Buffalo offensive weapons, like, if Stephon Diggs is shut down, it's going to be a long day for the Bills, because we all know, too, John Brown and Cole Beasley are not Stephon Diggs, so yeah, that's my prediction on that game. Next up, we've got the, uh, as I think there's a penalty on, uh, a penalty on uh, uh, Miami. Um, we have the Falcons going to the Bears, which actually on TikTok, I did not say this game. I don't know why. I feel like as I was scrolling on NFL.com to see all the scores, I just missed it, and I felt really bad. Um, this game, honestly, I can see it going one of two ways. Either the Falcons have rebounded from their horrible mistake last week. Because that's what, that's what it is. It was a horrible mistake. Look. I don't know how you just let the ball roll. Pick the ball up. Football one-on-one. Even I know that. Like, Jesus Christ, Arthur Blank, if you are listening to this, hire me as your head coach and not and fire Dan Quinn. Because I honestly do believe that if the, um, what's it called? If the Falcons do lose this game, you're going to be hearing rumblings of Dan Quinn getting let go because I have said this a lot. And Big Rap brought up another coach. Rex Ryan, I think at the end of the 2012 season, was brought back on kind of like a, uh, you knew he should have been fired, but then he was brought back in 2013. Uh, if the years are wrong, I do apologize. But, yeah, like, you know how, like, they bring back coaches because, like, oh, they don't want to get rid of them. There's a lot of, like, connection. It's kind of like a, uh, let's see, uh... This is my commercial, so I had to flip the baseball because my Toronto Blue Jays are this close to clinching a playoff spot. Um, yes, I know. I'm watching baseball. I'm watching baseball during a football podcast. Sue me. Um, but like, how you bring him back? When I knew last year, he uh, should have been fired. Like Dan Quinn, straight up should have been fired at the end of last season. That team has not been the same since 28 to three. And I'm not saying that as a New England Patriots fan, where you're going, oh yeah, 28 to three. I'm like, no. You literally look at that team. They've missed the playoffs for the last two years. This is the team where they're like they're the Cleveland of the fucking a- NFC. They have all these weapons. You have Matty Ice at quarterback. You have Julio Jones. You have Calvin Ridley. Now you have Hayden Hurst, who's an upgrade from Austin Hooper. You have Todd Gurley running the ball, and you're zero and two. And you should well, you should be one and you should be one and one. But you know what? The Atlanta Falcons have a really bad habit of taking their foot off the gas. Where that's what happened on Sunday. Straight up, they kind of were like, "Oh, this is cute and everything. We're gonna let." We're going to let Dallas do their thing. And then Dallas wins on a field goal. Like, I'm sorry. The Dallas Cowboys should never have won that game. Like, I know the levels were obviously different. One was a Super Bowl in week two of the regular season. But still, you can't be blowing that if you're the Atlanta Falcons. And you got now the Chicago Bears coming to town who are 2-0, and even though they almost had a very, very close call with the New York Giants who did lose Saquon Barkley to the season for an ACL injury. Um, look, I'm going to make up... This is my bold prediction of the week. Bold. The Chicago Bears are going to win this game 31-14. to 
I think that Atlanta hasn't fully recuperated back from the comeback. I think the comeback's going to be in their head. And you know what? I think the Bears are going to be poised. They're going to come out firing. Allen Robinson is playing for a contract right now. He wants to get paid because they paid Tariq Cohen. And look, Mitch Trubisky, same thing too. He's on his tour right now where he's just trying to say, look, I'm worth the money. I know he's always going to have that boogeyman of Patrick Mahomes following him because, well, that's more Ryan Pace's problem. But Mitch is just unfortunately involved in it. But I say this. The Chicago Bears are going to win this game on Sunday. Bear down, baby. 31-17. You heard it here first. I do want to check the spread of this game out, though. Like, I wouldn't take this game if I'm survival. Like, no, that's just too brash and bold and a little arrogant. But you know what? I have said more things. I'm going to have a couple bold bold takes for the week. Um, where I'm just like, you know what? There are certain games I want to look at and see, like, where exactly this could go. Like, what exactly I can predict. But that's what I can predict. I think I think the uh, Chicago Bears actually... There's a... As my app downloads. Um, and I'm on MLS and the score app right now. I have to get to the NFL. Uh, Chicago, Atlanta. It's a three-point spread for Atlanta. And honestly, if the Falcons do win, I think they cover that. I think this is... Oh, nice. Catch, 84 and green... Oh, not green, Van Jacksonville. Um, so yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Um, the next game too, I have the Washington football team over the Cleveland Browns. This game also too with LA Buffalo, it's two and a half points and 47.5, uh, 17. So far I have a couple of unders hitting as Alex Lawrence will text me, shout out. Um, so, yeah, I have a couple of unders hitting so far. It's 47.5 of the spreads for the first two games. Uh, the spread of tonight's game uh, is 49. Oh, and uh touchdown. Who is that? Is that Robinson? Oh, that's James Robinson. Yes, good, great fantasy pickup, baby. Great fantasy pickup. As Jacksonville's right back in it now. 14-6 is the score. Um, going over now to Washington versus Cleveland, 44.5. Um... I'm going Washington with this game. Just it's it's just something with Cleveland. Like, look, last week was the Cincinnati Bengals, and you let the Bengals have a backdoor cover. Like, it's like Pittsburgh Denver last week. Like, those are games where Cleveland should have won no problems, Pittsburgh should have won no problems, but you take your foot off the gas and then you almost boo boo it away. So that's why I think with this game, I'm gonna say it's lower scoring too. I'm gonna say this game is uh, fourteen to ten. I this it's gonna be a lot of defense just because like Cleveland does have a pretty all right defense and then we all know what that front seven is capable of, um, and also too even though they're buddies, sorry Baker, you ain't Kyler. Um, I literally have nothing else to say about that game because honestly I could give two shits about that game. Uh, next up we have uh, Tennessee at Minnesota. This game is a three and a half spread for favoring the Titans and the over under is forty nine. Um, I'm gonna say this score is a little higher. I'm gonna say twenty seven to twenty three. So the first, the over hits for this one, as ooh, I take a good commanding lead with James Robinson in fantasy. Great pickup by moi. He's over ten points, so I'm happy. Um, I'm gonna say yeah, Tennessee wins twenty-seven to twenty-three. Um, where the spread doesn't cover, but you know what? The over, the over hits. Always bet the over, baby. Um, but with this game too, like, look, I think Minnesota this year, it's. Uh, Mike Florio said it, and because it's like the Dallas Cowboys. You know, Dallas Cowboys, they make and they miss and they make and they miss. Well, if that proves to be true, this is the year that the uh, Minnesota Vikings do miss the playoffs. And the Tennessee Titans are looking legit. Like, I heard in the pregame show, like, Joe Thomas saying, oh, Jacksonville could potentially win this division. I'm like, nah, I think this is Tennessee. At this rate, I know I had the prediction of the Colts, but honestly, the Colts have not been that impressive for the first two weeks. So, um, and they also have the Jets this week, too. So, we all know they're probably going to win that game, which I'll get into later. But... With a game like this, with the Titans, I think you have to go out there and make a statement. Even though it could be a close game, you know what? You have to play well for four solid quarters. And for my fantasy team's sake, you got to get Derrick Henry going. Tractor Cito's season has to start earlier than expected, baby. That's all i got to say. Um, Yeah. And also, to see how Ryan Tannehill does. Next up, we have the Las Vegas Raiders visiting the New England Patriots. Uh, back to Foxborough. Cam versus Carr. Where the opening line spread is, hmm, don't see it anywhere. Oh, it's a five and a half and a forty-seven point five. Um, 
You know what? I'm going to say the same score for this game as I say for LA Buffalo, except I'm going opposite. I think New England wins this one at 24 to 17. I think this is a very um, this is going to be a tough game for New England. I think you know what? It's going to be like the Miami game where like it may seem like they get ahead, but I think Derek Carr has the potential to surge. It's just the big questions right now do lay with a couple of key pieces. How healthy is Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller, who for the second straight day, both of them did not participate in practice? Uh, it also seems, too, like uh, Richie Incognito is not going to play again this week, and same with Trent Brown. My biggest concern right now, also, too, is do the New England front seven finally step up and have a good game? For those of you who don't follow me on Twitter... I always tweet this every week. Chase Winovich continues to impress the hell out of me. I love the kid from Michigan. Shout out Joe, man, Motor City Marks. Big Michigan guy. Big Michigan guy. Um, but no, Chase Winovich honestly took the offseason to improve uh, because our defense was depleted. Um, on, our defense was depleted just in the sense of like, look, we lost a lot of guys for agency like Kyle Van Noy, uh, Jamie Collins, Danny Shelton, Deron Harmon, and we lost Chung and Hightower to COVID. Um, not like, unfortunately, they don't have COVID. They're just taking it safe. They don't want to play just because of COVID-19. But, and also, I, I'm not going to argue those decisions with them. So, that's that. Um, but you know what? If our front seven can have a good game, I'm confident that we will hold Oakland. Like, even if Jacobs doesn't play, um, they still have rugs to worry about. They're still Hunter Renfro. They're still uh, Byron Edwards, the receiver out of uh, South Carolina. I also do not trust Jason Witten, so if Darren Waller is out, Derek Carr does lose his security blanket. So, that's the other thing, too. If we can get Derek Carr on his ass a few times, we're going to win this football game, straight up. But if we let the... Their, their defense... Here's the other thing, too. If Cam can throw the way he did against Seattle, we are winning this game. We may win it by... Okay, that's pass, That's roughing the passer on uh, Jacksonville. Um, if we can... Uh, like I said, if we can go out there and can kind of the same game he did last Sunday, there's absolutely no reason why we should not win this football game. Like, you go out there and you do the math. Look, Cam can be Cam, but I honestly think we're going to see a hybrid of, uh, we're going to see a hybrid version of him where you're going to see a little bit, you're going to see like like Miami, I think, not Miami, like the Miami game and Seattle game, like how one he had more running, one game he had more throwing. I think you're going to see a mixture combination of the two. I think you're going to see him, for as much as he's going to run, he's going to throw. It's going to be like a 50-50 split. And also to the fact that he has confidence in our locker room for receivers. Love it, baby. Um, next up, we have got the, well, uh, the very injured San Francisco 49ers versus the New York football giants. Um, I'm going to go San Francisco with this one, but honestly, like tonight, like how I said... I had picked Jacksonville, but I wouldn't be shocked if Miami wins like they're doing right now. I'm going to say the same thing for this game. With Nick Mullins, a quarterback, he's very unpredictable. You don't know who you're going to get. He's either going to ball out like he did that Thursday night game two years ago, I think, against Oakland. Or you're going to get the Nick Mullins, who's going to throw a bunch of interceptions and just look like shit in the Kyle Shanahan being like, good lord, I need Jimmy Garoppolo like right now. Um, this game is a 41.5 spread with a, four, with a spread of four. Um... And here's the other thing, too, with this game. Even though Saquon's out and Sterling Shepard is out, I think if there's a game for Daniel Jones to step up and be good and go... You know how they say, go out there and be great. Be greatness today. This is that game for Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones can go out there and be a solid player for New York and make plays, especially, too, with that depleted San Francisco defense, which I know they signed Ziggy Onsa, but Ziggy Onsa ain't Nick Bosa. That's the thing. Nick Bosa's out. Solomon Thomas is out. D Ford is out, Richard Sherman's out. So if you can have your way with this defense, the Giants can win this game. At the end of the day, I do think San Francisco is going to win. I am very glad I did not wait to pick San Francisco for this week for my survival pool. Um, I will give you my pick for who I had for survival in a bit because that team plays at 4 o'clock. But that's the only thing I got to say with that is this look. I do think San Francisco is going to win. We're going to go low scoring. Um, it's going to cover though, twenty-one to seventeen. Very similar style game to last week's. I think Giants Bears game. I think San Francisco wins close again, like the same similar thing too. Oh, and Fitz, okay, Fitzpatrick's really moving well tonight. I am impressed. Like I know they got two waiting in the wings, but Fitzpatrick's playing well. 
Um, sorry if I go off topic, guys. It's just like, look, I'm just trying to keep you guys updated to what's going on in the game, even though it's done. But for those of you who didn't watch the game, hey, so you can go back and watch the highlights and be like, oh, this is when he was talking about this point, even though I've been recording for only about 25 minutes now. Um, the next game we've got is the Bengals and the Eagles. Honestly, this is another game I can really care less about because, like, look, it's two teams where the Bengals, man, I like Joe Burrow in the NFL. He's been playing great. But the rest of the team sucks. Like, there's nothing good about them. Like, the defense is terrible. The offensive line's shaky. He lost his security blanket. He does have Mixon. He does have Green. He does have Higgins. He does have Boyd. He does have Alex Erickson. But tight end's their biggest question. Like, I'm going to look up their depth chart right now just to see. Like, I'm going to literally have to click go. Hey, Siri, who plays tight end for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals? And she gave me a bunch of names I don't recognize outside of Uzma. Because, like, as you all know, um, Cincinnati's a very unknown team when it comes to who's on it. So let's go. Bengals depth chart, ESPN.com. It's how I rely. It's actually how I drafted this year, and none of my teams have worked out. Um, okay, so since uh, Uzma is on the IR, Drew Sample takes over and uh, C10 Carter. Uh, also, too, if you look at their offensive line, like, no one really is a well known name. And same thing, too. Their defense is good, but at the same like, the defense is good. Like, there's some names on there, but at the same time, too, they're still very young. Uh, yeah, so Green, Boyd, and Higgins, and then you also have John Ross, too, and then Auden Tate. Um, but just looking at this roster right now, like, there's no reason to say. I don't think Cincinnati's going 0 for 16, but at the same time, too, they're going to be a top five lottery team next year. Like, they're building. Um, but yeah, I do think the Eagles get their first win of the season. Uh, do I think it's pretty? No, it's four and a half points and, uh, 46 and a half point is the over under. I'm going to say the Eagles win this game 21 to 10. Bit of a slow day for Joe Burrow. Um, but at the same time too, Burrow can impress me because that Eagles secondary is very depleted right now. The defense is not that good anymore. Like that Eagles defense uh, has some holes, some very big holes. Um, so yeah, I do think 21 to 10 to score. I think Carson Wentz gets his first win because even there too, look, Philadelphia goes 0 for 3, especially against the Cincinnati Bengals. You're going to be getting a lot of people wanting Doug Peterson to get the fuck out of Philly. You're going to want people getting Howie Roseman fired. You're going to want people asking, why did we get rid of Foles when we could have like kept them and then got rid of Wentz? There's just all these questions that are going to be asked because you know that the Philadelphia Eagles are still like, they're all clinging on. I know they won the Super Bowl two years ago. But you can't just dwell on one Super Bowl. You got your one. That's great. Where's number two? It's the same thing with Saints fans, too. Like how they say one's good, but two gets you in another stratosphere for players. Same thing for teams, too. Um, next up is the Texans and the Steelers. 45 points is the over-under, and it's a four-point spread. I think this is the game where, man, the Steelers are really going to show that they are the contenders that I was saying they were in the offseason. I know, that's the one thing too I want to say. My Rams take was wrong. I do think right now Seattle is the best team in that league, but if San Francisco rebounds and gets healthy, it's Fitzpatrick. Oh, he is going to... Muscles for a first. Um, so Fitzpatrick's got the first down. It's about 10 minutes left in the second quarter, just FYI. Um, with the Pittsburgh Steel, like with the Rams, like I do think like the Rams are good. The Rams are going to be here to stay, especially if they do end up going 3-0. Excuse me. But if you get a team out there, the Arizona Cardinals still be the Cardinals. Um, we will find out about the Cardinals because that's an, I want to get I'll get into them in a few minutes because you all know my backstory with them. But if San Francisco gets healthy, I do not see why there are four teams from this division making the playoffs. I like with the seven team format. There's a very good chance and a very realistic chance too. Four NFC West teams are in the playoffs come January. Uh, but as for this game right now, Texans and Steelers. Oh, sorry, going off track. Um, this is the game where, you know what, Pittsburgh puts their foot down. Like how I said, barely escaped the Giants. Not barely, but they escaped the Giants. They barely escaped the Denver Broncos, Jeff Driscoll Broncos. Um, you know what, the Houston Texans, I think they still have problems. They're going to go over three and realize, that we should have never traded DeAndre Hopkins. Sorry if I sounded offensive there, but you know what, that's... Me being bumbling idiot Bill O'Brien. If you do not know me by now, I still question that trade to this day. To this day. Um, but man, I'm going to go out on a limb here. 
34 to 13 Steelers win. I expect a big day from Deontay Johnson and James Conner. I only say that because of fantasy football, baby. I have multiple teams to look. I got like I'm gonna say a bunch of guys for that. But no, that is another bold prediction of the week that the Texans kick their ass. Also, too, I have another more likely. TJ Watt has more sacks or more quarterback pressures than JJ Watt. That's a good defensive line in uh Houston, but you know what? I will say this right now. I think the best pass rushing combo in the NFL is Bud Dupree and TJ Watt. Next, I'm moving to the 4 o'clock games. We have the Jets at the Colts. No, this is not my survival pick. Because like I said, uh, dum-dum me, pick the Colts to win week one and they lose to Jacksonville. Jacksonville. You heard that. Can you hear, do you, can, can you hear me? I said, I said Jacksonville. I said that. You know what? I picked the Jaguars to lose week one. And they and they did the exact opposite of that as I fixed my microphone so I can like talk but I can still like it's not in my face um yeah so I didn't pick this game uh I think the Colts are gonna look good again like I said earlier um yeah I said Titans division to lose I think it's between the Titans and the Colts for who wins that division uh, I really hope I'm gonna look at the Colts coming up schedule and just to see because I really hope that these two teams that those two teams with Lockhorns week 17 and it's the Jaguars but Thursday night football, week 10 and week 12. So week 10 and week 12 is when they play. Thursday night football, Thursday, November 12th. I'll be watching that game. That game right there is going to help go a long way as who wins this division. Um, this is the kind of game, though, for Phillip Rivers where he has to have like a, a, a quote-unquote uh, coming out party of sorts. Like If he can do that, if Phillip Rivers can show why, hey, this is why he brought me in, this is what I'm here for, it's going to, like, those questions are going to subside. They're going to go away. If people going, oh, did we make the right mistake? Did we write the right move? Should we have signed him? Should we have not? No. You need your fans to have those confidence issues go away with Phillip Rivers. Because if they stay, you're going to have a team of just, you're going to have a fan base going, what did we do? Like, why did we, like, wait. It's like, wait, why did we sign this guy again? Sorry, guys. I have to fix my mic again because I just realized... Look, the further away it is from... Oh, damn it. Oh, there we go. It's nice and good. Um, if Phillip Rivers has a bad game, especially against the New York Jets, it's not going to look good. Like, you're going to have people, like, asking those WTF questions. I trust Frank Wright as a head coach. He's a good coach. We'll see what Eberflus can do on defense, especially against a deple- not depleted, but just the Jets suck. Um, ten and a half points. You know what? I'm going to take the Colts cover that. Twenty-seven to thirteen. That does not cover the over though. It's forty-four. Um, the next game too, straight and simple. Panthers at Chargers. No Christian McCaffrey and an excellent defense, and also two. Can we talk about this for a second? I wanted to talk about this. I gotta talk about this. I'm sorry, guys. There's a big elephant in the room with this right now. Oh, my MacBook went to sleep. Um, How? So, I'm gonna play, actually. I just want to find this audio because Anthony Lynn had just a statement about the whole doctor stuff. I just want you to hear it quickly. Well, the one thing that came up was Anthony Lynn, drunk driver. Uh, oh, it's Super Bowl. That's right. I forgot about that ad. Um, let's see if I can find it. You know what? I cannot find Anthony Lynn's press conference. But basically, he was like, oh, nobody's perfect. Sorry for the dead airspace. But you know what? You're a... Oh, as Miami got a touchdown. Um, You're a doctor of an NFL team. I understand not everybody's perfect, but you know what? You gotta be pretty damn... Cl- There's certain professions where, I'm sorry, you gotta be perfect. If you're not perfect, you're gonna lose your job. Like, 
Look, it's not a career-threatening injury for Tyrod by any stance of the imagination, and I'm very glad it's not because, look, that's a very serious issue, a punctured fucking lung. But how do you mess that up? Like, were you having a bad day at the office? Did your, like, wife cheat on you or something? Like, it's one of those things where it's like, um, buddy, are you okay there? Like, is all good in the hood with you? Because, like, because if not, like, whew, it's a rough day at the office to go and... Like, imagine that, too. Getting a needle. Like, I don't like needles. That's why I don't have tattoos. But imagine getting a needle into your rib cage. Like, that's, NFL players will do whatever they play. Like, NFL players are fucking freaks of nature. And the fact that he was willing to do that just to play is insane. It's insane. But that's all I have to say about that. It's just, look, when he says, oh, nobody's perfect, it's like, no. But when you're a doctor of an NFL team, you got to be perfect. Like, think about it. Next time a guy's going to get a quarter zone shot from them, they're going to be scared. Like... What if he does this to me and I'm out? Like, Tyrod Taylor, like, is getting, got fucked over in Cleveland because of an injury and now he got lost his job there. And now he goes to L.A. expecting to start. Oh, we may get Justin Herbert in at some point this year. Justin Herbert's in. Justin Herbert looked fantastic. I said he was going to be a stud. If he can go out and be a stud again against Carolina, against Carolina all the more credit to me because I remember uh, Justin Pennick of uh, Giants Talk said on this podcast um, that he could have came out last year and that he may have the Matt Barkley effect. For all we know, he may, but for right now, it's not looking that way. But anyway, guys, uh, quick score for this one. Let's see. Uh, six and a half point spread, 44 over, uh, 24 to 14. I think Carolina gets a couple of touchdowns on this defense, but all in all, I think the, de- the LA defense holds them off well enough for uh, for the Chargers to win and go 2-1. and one. I'm not saying the Chargers are out here challenging for the division, but look. You got, for right now, I think you're going to eventually, the Raiders are going to come back down to earth, and the Chargers may do the same at some point, too. But for now, it's all wait and see. That's what the exciting thing of the beginning of the NFL season brings. Um, next game we've got is the Buccaneers of the Broncos. This is my survival game of the week. I picked the Buccaneers. I have never once picked Tom Brady to do anything for survival, meaning I always didn't want to pick him. So if I go out this year because of Tom Brady, I'm going to be very disappointed. Very disappointed. Why? Because I know I've been hard on you, but I love you, Tom. I always will. I always will respect you. You're the reason why I'm a football fan. Also, this is the first time in nine years that Miami has three touchdowns and three possessions. Craziness, ladies and gentlemen. Um... But with this game right here, Bucks and Broncos, honestly, Tom Brady, I had a thing. I was going to say this tonight on the pod uh, with my guest, but those things fell. Tom Brady is 7 and 8, uh, 8, eight and 9 all time in Denver. I think I think that's his record. I got to look it up. Like, I know, and you're just talking Tom. No, I know as a Patriots fan, Brady has struggled in Denver. The only times that he had good games was when it was against Tim Tebow, and I always said, let's back off the Tim Tebow bandwagon. And 2017, when the Broncos were bad, and I think that was when Trevor Simeon was starting. He's an 8-9 overall record against the Bronco, which includes a 1-3 postseason mark. I know those three losses are 2005, 2005, 2013, 2015. I'm trying to figure out when the one win was against the Broncos, though. Uh, he last played against the Broncos in 2017 when the Patriots eased to a 41-16 win. Uh, so, yeah, that's just something I wanted to point out right now. Like, even right here, too, from the Denver Post. Tom Brady a mile high, more lows than highs. Arguably for the best quarterback ever. Ever. So before y'all go saying and chirping me, saying all this stuff. No, I'm just spitting facts right now that Tom Brady doesn't have the best reputation um, to play. Also, two guys, before I, I think there's some breaking news. Um, the Pac-12 is back. Pac-12 football will be played starting in November. Which, this honestly is going to, as I see an ad right now, for the Broncos game. And, and oh, the Bronco! 
I'll talk about that later, because next Thursday night game is so bad. It's like, this one's actually been pretty entertaining. Next week is so bad. Um, Jets and Broncos. Ugh. But, um, for this, like, whole break, like, that's the thing, too. Pac-12 is just good to see you come back, which is bowl games are going to be interesting, though. Like, I don't see a Pac-12 team making the college football playoff, but at the same time, it's like, it's going to be a very interesting for bowl season. Oh, bomb. Bombs away for Gardner, and incomplete. Um, so yeah, that's just a good thing, too. Pac-12 football is back. That's all I gotta say. Um, but with the Buccaneers and the Broncos, look, Tom Brady having that record in Denver, like, Mile High has gotten to him. Mile High gets to him. So, I think that the Patriots, not Patriots, yeah, that's my dumb brain. The Buccaneers, and also, too, it's kind of a force of habit. I do think the Buccaneers win this game. I think they're gonna win by a good amount, but I, it'll be a bit challenging. 20 to 13. You know what? Simple game. That's all Tom's got to do. I know it's, it's, it's someone's going to go to. Oh, oh, and a pass interference on my on Eric Rowe. Um, if he keeps it simple against Denver and doesn't overcomplicate things, because obviously you know Denver's banged up, no Drew Locke. Uh, it's Jeff Driscoll at quarterback, even though Blake Bortles should be the quarterback, just because, like, look, you're bringing in the guy. Like, you're not bringing someone in to back up um, and when your player goes down. But if Brady's Brady can get the running game going again, and hopefully Chris Godwin can play, I think the score could be higher than what I said. But just for now, I think it's going to be a very like interesting game because, like, I'm just saying the low score too. Because, like, look at what the um, look at what the Broncos did week one against Tennessee, and then look what they did week two against the Steelers. They lost, but it was like very close games, both of them. Which one of them I do regret going to bed early, but at the end again it was like midnight and nothing's going on, and I was just like, you know what, I want to go to sleep. I don't really want to watch this game anymore, and I ended up eating my words. Um, the next thing I want to talk about right now, and it's because they played the Detroit Lions on Sunday, but after that, this team plays at the Panthers, at the Jets, and then Cowboys, Seahawks. So that is the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Detroit Lions, and to be honest. You know I love the Cardinals, but I don't think we're going to know the Cardinals until they have their Week 6 Monday Night Football game in Dallas. That's going to be a very telling game, because if that team can hang with the Dallas Cowboys, this is a my sleeper playoff prediction may come true. But if this team wins Sunday, I have them winning against Detroit, but then if they also win against at Carolina, and then they win against the Jets... And then they get blown out by the Broncos and the Broncos. If they get blown out by the uh, Cowboys, it's going to be the same thing as, like I'm saying, with the Bills, where everyone's going to go, oh, like, look, it's the Cardinals. Like, sure, they can be 5-0, and and then they go 5-1. and So we'll see what happens. But you know what? I have faith in them. I think they're going to get it done. Kyler Murray looks like a stud right now. Um, that's for the score of this game. I'm going to say 31-17. to 17. I think that it's, you know what, it's kind of close, but at the same time, too, the Cardinals keep their distance. I think the Cardinals' defense is going to be good, and also, too, Detroit's just struggled. And that's another thing, too. Matt Patricia, I think if they go 0-3 for, for or 0-4, because, look, after the Arizona Cardinals, you go home, but waiting for you at home, the Houdat Nation is coming to the Motor City. And that's a game not to gawk at. That's going to be tough. Um, so that's my score for that game. Next up is the game that if you are a betting gambling man, take the over on this one. Dallas Cowboys, Seattle Seahawks, America's Game of the Week. I'm sure Buck and Aikman are going to be calling that one. This game right here is going to be a fucking shootout. It's going to be like New England, Seattle again. Dallas, Seattle, it's going to be a great game. Like Honestly, I'm going to be paying attention to the 4 o'clock games. I'm going to have Red Zone on, but this is the one I'm most intrigued by. Just because, like, look, I think this has the potential to be a very high-scoring game. I am going to go off record by now and say it is. I say that the Seahawks do win, but it is very close. 38 to 33. That's the final score. I think that's the final score. I know it's weird, but I think you'll see a lot of field goals and stuff. But you know what? I think Dak has another good game, but I think it's just like one of those not enough efforts for them to unfortunately lose. That's all I got to say. But... You know what? This game, I think it's going to be very exciting. It's going to be very exciting. I know I'm not saying a lot about the games, honestly, guys. I don't want to go into like, in-depth details on them because it's like, look, just saying here, 
Um, also, do I, have, I do have an award for a game that I will mention later on. But quickly, I got to talk about the Sunday Nighter because more importantly, I got to talk about the Monday Night Recap. I love how the media all of a sudden is like doing to Drew Brees what they've been doing to Tom Brady for years, where it's like, oh look, Father Time's finally catching up to him and all this stuff. I honestly think this may be the year the Saints get it done. Because look, I know they went through adversity last year and then they got screwed in the playoffs, but this year, there's going to be a lot of question marks. And also, too, there's already like, I saw today, I think it was first take saying, oh, are we going to see Jameis Winston in by the end of the year? No, you're not. Unless Drew is hurt, Drew is not going anywhere. Now, unfortunately, you've got Aaron Rodgers coming into the building. The Superdome's not going to be rocking with sixty thousand plus black and gold, and you're going to you probably because if this game were in front of fans, there'd be at least about five to ten thousand of them would be cheeseheads. But it's not. There's going to be seven hundred and fifty people there as announced today. The Saints are having friends and family at the game just to test out everything for um, future home games because their next home game is Week Five Monday Night Football against the LA Chargers. So we'll see what happens there. But this is another big test for the Saints. Because if the Saints, and honestly too, I'm going to get into the Aaron Rodgers stuff in a second. But you know what? I just want to talk about the Saints more because like how everyone's saying like, oh, this, 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 or this with Breeze. I'm just like, if you doubt Drew Breeze, I feel like he's going to find that gear and really kick it in. But at the same time, too, he can't solely rely on Michael Thomas just to get everything done. He's got to use his weapons. He's got to use Jared Cook. He's got to use Traquan Smith. He's got to use Emmanuel Sanders. You got Kamara there. You got Murray. You got Hill. Um, Taysom, by the way. So if he can use his weapons properly, he can get the job done. If not, I think it's going to be not a long night, but I like this is another game too. I wouldn't be shocked at either team, but I'm. I'm going Saints. I'm picking Saints. I'll give them the score in a minute. I just got to say quickly, too, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are my two very early MVP candidates, like front runners. And also, too, Aaron Rodgers is on the biggest fuck you tour in the history of the world right now, besides DeAndre Hopkins. Because, look, they brought in Jordan Love. Uh, his ex apparently went on to a podcast and was saying that he's not good at sex or he's not good at, like, like I think his eating out game isn't that strong, so... If those are things that are following Aaron Rodgers, then, like, God damn, like, no wonder why this man's being mad. Like, people are saying that he can't chow on some, uh, I'm just gonna say he can't chow. I don't want to get, I don't want to get in trouble. Um, I think this is a very high-scoring game, too. I think this is gonna be a shootout. 31-28 to is the final. I think a Will Lutz field goal is gonna seal this game at the final seconds. Like, do you remember the Monday Nighter last year, week one? Oh, and Minshew goes down. Um... It's the Monday Nighter from last year. I don't know if you guys remember it that well. Uh, But the Saints played the Texans, and then Will Lutz won it on a last-second field goal. I think that's how this game's going to go. It's going to be very tit-for-tat, but you see Lutz kick a field goal like right at the end of the game to win it. That's my prediction for this game. But you know what? I just want to see Drew Brees go out there and ball, too, just to prove all the critics wrong and saying, like, oh, he's... Or now he's watching play. Oh, like, look, Father Time's catching up to him and doing this and this and this. But in reality, I don't think that's happening. So if he can go out there and ball and play well, criticism goes away. Before we get into the ever-important Monday Night Football matchup, I do have uh, an award to give. That is Loser Leaves Town. Part of my take on the Barstool Radio, on the Barstool Sports Podcast Network does this. Basically saying, I think the loser of this game just won't recover. That is Cincinnati versus Philly. I think whoever loses that game, their season's like 0 and 3. You can't really compete. With, like you can't really come back from that. Like 0 and 2 is tough. But this is the only matchup I think where it's two 0 and 2 teams. It's like you have one and ones, and then like one and one versus 0 and 2, and then there's a few. Uh... Yeah, but like for the most part, no. That's what I think what it is. Um. Anyway, guys, moving on to the next game, the last game of the weekend, Kansas City at Baltimore. This game right here. I think everyone's going to expect these two to ball out. I got a hot take. I think they hit the under. 53.5. I think this is a very low-scoring game. I I just don't see... I just see the defenses like Wink Martindale and Spagnola 
drawing up excellent game plans for how because they because like you know how everyone says oh we can't like decoy Mahomes or uh, Jackson in practice. Well, guess what? Baltimore can defend Lamar and make it seem very similar to Patrick and vice versa. Like the Chiefs defense, it's just gonna be one of those things. They're gonna be ready and like. Okay, Miles Jack likes to get fucked by the refs a lot. Jesus. Um, where I just think it's going to be... This is going to be a very defensive game of football. I still think it'll be pretty high scoring, but I don't think it's going to be like 30 points each team. Uh, I'm going to go 24-21 to 21 Ravens win. I think that this game right here, it's just going to be a combination of things. You're going to get good defense. I think they're going to find a way to stop the run on both ends with Edwards, Alaire, and Ingram. Uh, I think you're going to get good coverages on guys like Tyreek, uh, potential on like guys like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Mark Andrews. But I think there could be an unsung hero that comes out of this game. And that's potentially, I think we may see a breakout game from J.K. Dobbins, the um, Ohio State running back who was picked in the second round this past year. So if all these happen, I could go well. And yeah. But anyway, guys, um, I don't want to stay in your hair for too, too long because I've been talking for almost an hour now and it's just me. But I'm glad I was able to talk for this long. I do apologize once again if there was dead air and sorry that there was no guests today. But I hope you enjoyed hearing just me for 15 minutes. But anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. Follow me on TikTok. Follow, just keep listening to the podcast, guys. I just want to keep grinding because I want to be, I want to do good with this one day. And then also, too, um, next time I come on, we'll be a guest. Probably a new episode will be coming out either Sunday night or Mon- sometimes Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday will be another episode. But anyway, guys, thank you. Oh, Minju gets the ball with like 30 seconds. Um, but anyway, guys, like I said, thank you very much for listening. Have a good night. Stay safe. And enjoy week three of the NFL season. Good night, everyone. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.